Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body here at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew. I'm here with Chase. And today we want to talk about biblical covenants. We've been dealing with covenants a lot as we've gone through Galatians, particularly in in chapter 3. This idea of the promise and the law we saw a couple weeks ago with Ryan and uh, and Chase. uh, You'll get to preach this Sunday at the end of chapter 3, and we'll see more of this language of Abraham and offspring and heirs and all this stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, how do we how do we think about this as on this side of the New Testament, this side of the cross, as Christians, and we hear hear this language, and, and Paul is clearly using covenantal language right. to communicate gospel truth to the Galatians. So, how are we supposed to think about covenants? So, we want to talk about that today, we talk about what the covenants are, kind of how we can trace our way through the story of redemption. Yeah, because that's really it. In this section in Galatians yeah. that we've been in, Paul's making a redemptive historical argument. So yeah. he's he's making his argument kind of walking through the whole sweep of history and how God has worked with his people. And, and he's made specific mention of three mm. covenants, but that's kind of unless you have this understanding of how you put the story of God's yeah. redemption together and yeah. and the covenants are the way to do that then where you're at in Galatians 3 gets a little confusing so covenants are still clearly important for us as believers mm-hmm. and um but yeah, we, they but they apply enter- to us in in different ways if we look at different covenants i mean we're still we're still technically in like the new covenant or under the new covenant, yeah, right? Um, but, that but we'll e- talk about. Even you know, we enter into marriage as a covenant, right? right. Like all of us enter into the a covenant is um, is just a an agreed upon relationship between two parties. Yeah, uh, that could be two individuals or it could be two groups of people. Um, and and it's a relationship that's entered into voluntarily, where you're making specific promises to each other. So that's good. There's lots of examples of covenants even that we're in today. But yeah, as far as... So not a contract. So we, we think of contracts that can kind of be easily changed or broken or... Yeah, and and contracts are not relational. So that's mm-hmm. a big aspect. Of it. You know, like, okay, I, I have a contract with this guy that's going to do some work in my yard, with right? With your internet company. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. That there's... I don't know my internet guy. You yeah. know, like I don't have a, a friendship with him or any kind yeah. of relationship. So that's yeah. the big difference, I think, between a contract so and a So give us that definition again. What would you say? What is a covenant? Uh, yeah, so well, Tom Schreiner... Uh, has a good one called a, that just says a covenant is a chosen relationship in which two parties make binding promises to each other. So yeah. it's a relationship. It's one that's chosen. It's voluntarily entered into, and it's based on promises that are binding okay. to one another. And kind of out of that binding idea is um, usually there's benefits or blessings that come from keeping the promises, and then if you break the promises, there are curses that that follow with that or, or consequences that come out of that. Right, right, and so, yeah, th- that that speaks well, I think, to um, yeah, things like marriage and even the covenant of uh, fellowship that we we sign as members uh-huh. of Desert Springs Church. Yeah, that we are we are uh, binding these promises, mm-hmm. uh, or they're binding promises to each other. Yeah, when we recite that, mm-hmm. we're we're reciting these oaths, really, that we're making these promises that we're making to each other, and we are um, obviously implying the blessings of fellowship and membership that come with that. But then there is, you know. Curse may be uh, a, an unusual word for us to apply to this, but, well, there, church but there discipline are the consequences would be, yeah. right, of church discipline that we're saying, if I break this, mm-hmm. I want that 
that consequence uh, as a means of keeping this promise. So let's look at biblical covenants now and and talk about maybe what's what's unique about them or even or even why why uh, why does the Bible made up of all these covenants? Yeah, well, you know, again, like we said, in our own culture, we still have covenants, even if we don't use the language of covenant yeah. all the time. Um, but covenants were they're really um, they're throughout human cultures, that there are yeah. these ways of binding agreements with each other. And so, especially in the ancient Near East where the, the events of the Bible happen, um, that was just a regular part of life was making covenants. And so really, it, God wasn't the one that invented covenants in a way, or if he did, it was kind of just as arising as our being made in his image that we make covenants with each other, you know, but really when God is making covenants with um, his people or with individuals, he's appropriating what the ancient Near Eastern people were doing when they're making covenants. So if you read the Old Testament, there's we're going to talk about the big, the six big biblical covenants, but there's actually tons of covenants, little yeah. covenants. Like you think of, um, well, even in Genesis, like Jacob and Laban make a covenant with each mm-hmm. other. Jonathan and David mm-hmm. enter into a covenant with each other. There's just these different examples of uh, of people doing things. And usually when they do that, like I said, there's this there's promises stated, you know, and the oaths taken. And sometimes there's even... Um, what are called like maledictory oaths, you know, so you're bringing the curse on yourself and saying, if I break this, this is the curse that's going to happen to me. And a lot of times when people make a covenant, they commemorate it with a meal. So they sit down and Uh because a meal means a relationship. Yeah. And so they'll sit down and have a meal. Like a wedding. Like a wedding. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, And then a lot of times there's some kind of sign or or symbol that um, reminds the people of the covenant. Yeah, like made. a sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifice mm-hmm. um, or, you know, like they would set up pillars of stone, mm-hmm. you know, that people would see and yeah. remember. And they'd like see a that monument. Like a yeah. monument. Say, okay, I remember that. Or like we wear a wedding ring, yeah. you know, that that's um, a sign that just, it, the, the the wedding ring is not what makes the covenant happen. Yeah. It reminds it's you an of- an hour symbol. Yeah. That's right. It reminds For you, you and everyone promise. else. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's so, really good. Um, so those things are kind of common. And, and you mentioned a sacrifice that actually the word um, in in- the ESV it usually says make a covenant, but that verb make is cut. So in Hebrew they would mm. say you cut a covenant. Mm, yeah, like cut the check. That's right. And yeah. usually that cut, most people think that it's because whether implicitly or explicitly there's a sacrifice involved in that, you know, so there is some kind of Animal's killing of an animal, yep. you know. Um, Jeremiah, there's a good example of that where um, they made a covenant to, uh, to not... Uh, to, to release all of their slaves. Mm. And so what they did was they cut a, a bull in half and they walked through. Yeah, the, yeah, Ryan mentioned that. In yeah, the sermon. that's right. Yeah, yeah. so that's that's kind of symbolizing the maledictory oath that you're taking on yourself, that if I break this... Then let me be cut apart. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's where the cut a covenant language comes from. Okay, so covenants are pretty intense. So why, did, why do they matter in the Bible, though, for helping us understand understand our Bibles better as a, as a whole? Yeah, so... A lot of people have said, and I think this is right, that you can kind of organize the outline of the Bible around these six major covenants. Not just individual books yeah, or the specific covenants, but the actual, the whole Bible, all 66 books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can kind of fit into this overarching, some people say it's like the backbone or the ribs of the whole Bible, the A whole macro story, structure. Yep, is is these covenants that, yeah. that God made with his people. Yeah, I've also heard it referenced like a, like, train tracks, like the primary tracks that the biblical story is yeah. laid on, mm-hmm. um, or um, tectonic plates, 
under under like the, the whole the whole okay, thing that are right? holding the whole thing the up, holding yeah. the whole uh, thing up right. and together and then there's there's rivers and there's hills and there's also all these other things going on but yep. underneath it all are these covenants yeah or you know and i'll say this in the sermon that i think a good way to think about it is if you take one one human life one person and you say okay kind of give me the outline of your life how would you organize mm. that there's probably certain milestones in your life yeah that you would say you know i i graduated at this year, and yeah. I got not me, ma- but yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you got your GED. That's <laughs> that's a milestone uh, uh, that people think we're is kidding. It? <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was thinking like salvation, marriage, right? So all of these things, yeah, moving it, across the country, yeah. Those mm-hmm. are those are those yeah, would be big, big kind of covenant moments, yeah, for and, me. The thing is, or like we say, rites of passage. You've passed from one stage yeah. to the next stage. The covenants are kind of those milestones. Hmm. If you think of the whole history of God's people as sort of like one person, which is how Paul thinks about it in Galatians 3, um, you know, being under the guardian, that period of the laws being the period when you're under the babysitter. Uh, yeah. If you think of these are just milestones that you graduate from one to the next. And so yeah. we can kind of organize the hit, the flow of redemptive history through these yeah. milestones. Yeah, it's also kind of like a, a puzzle. So when you put all the pieces together, you see the picture. Yep. Uh, so the big pieces mm-hmm. of this biblical puzzle are the covenants. Mm-hmm. And you put those pieces together, you start to see the big story, yeah. which I'm thinking of, uh, of Dave Helms big picture story Bible mm. that just gives you the whole story of the Bible in like in child form. Yeah. Um, and or, that would be how you do that through those. And then you would yeah. see as you look at that whole picture, oh, this is all about Jesus. It's all about all Jesus. All of these covenants are really just pointing towards Jesus. And, and I love it because um, I love stories uh, and God is a storyteller mm-hmm. and he is telling just a, a love story. One big story. Of redemption yeah. through uh, of the Trinity uh, it starts with the Trinity's love for each other mm-hmm. and then extends to his creation yeah. and humanity and saving a people yep. uh, for Which, himself. So, you know, to think it back to that idea, it's all a relationship. God yeah. is in himself a relationship. He's a relational being and the whole story yeah. starts in a relationship. Man, and I want, yeah, I want to get to, to the actual covenants here, but just thinking, I uh, forget who I heard say this, but uh, in the ancient world, a covenant uh, was a big deal, and it n- couldn't have been imagined that a covenant would be made between God mm. and his creation mm-hmm. and his creatures, much less even a covenant between a king mm. and his servants, mm. or even the wealthy and the poor, right? Can you, they, right. they yeah. just wouldn't have yeah. had a category for that. No, yeah, especially the nature of the covenants that God makes with his people um, is so self-giving. Yeah. It's so sacrificial. It's so one-sided, uh, you know, yeah. and that's just, that's highly unusual at yeah, best, yeah. yeah. So, like you said earlier, covenants were a part of the ancient world, uh, but but a covenant between God, mm-hmm. a God, mm-hmm. and the God, mm-hmm. and and man uh, was something revolutionary, right. was something different. So, let's, yeah. let's dive into them now. Let's work through uh, the major biblical covenants. So, give us, where do we start? Yeah, so the first one starts... Genesis 1. Uh, and It's a great place to start. It's probably the best place to start, yeah. And and it might surprise some people because the word covenant doesn't appear anywhere in Genesis 1 and 2. Right. Um, but I think it's pretty obvious that when God made the world, he made it in a state of covenant relationship. Okay. With, uh, especially with Adam and Eve. So those were the participants in that. And then actually if you read uh, the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 6 verse 7, he says that 
uh, it's, it says something like they transgressed transgressed the covenant just like Adam. Yep. Right. So Hosea thinks that Adam was in a covenant relationship with God. So we usually refer to this as the covenant with creation, mm-hmm. that God made the whole world in a special relationship with Adam. Yeah. And there were there were conditions. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there were, there were promises and yeah. conditions and blessing and, and curses. And, and curses. Yeah. yeah. So, so the promises were, this is all yours. Yeah. You go, you know, somebody uh, I found, I don't know who, who did this, but they kind of assigned an R word to every one of these covenants. And I thought that that was kind of helpful. So oh, they said, uh, this, this covenant with creation, the R word, rule. Mm. You are going to rule yeah. with me, you know, and, that, and that's the promise. And, and the condition was, look, there's one tree. Don't eat from that tree. <laughs> that's, a, that's it. That's a, that's a yeah, very, one job. Very Adam, gracious. One job. That's right. Very gracious covenant, right? Mm. This whole world is yours except yeah. this one little tree. And they couldn't do it. So there was the the promise of blessing and rule with God, but then there would was also the, the curse that if you ate from that tree, you would surely die. Okay. And that's what happened. So they they fell and that covenant was transgressed and that relationship between mankind and God was was broken. Was broken, and that's why we're in the state of the fall that we're in now. Yeah, that that we that covenant was God cast them out of His presence, mm-hmm. out of Eden, right? And they had to go and 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 live under the curse. Yeah, that's right. That that yeah. curse and that curse extends to to all of us that we're all fallen. But even in that, um, some people will actually see that Genesis three is a separate covenant where God comes to. Uh, Eve and says, you know, I'm I'm going to through your offspring crush the head of the offspring the, of the, the, the first snake. like gospel promise, yeah, the, the proto yeah. gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some people will see that as a separate kind of covenant, but regardless of how you see that, you do see that even though that covenant with creation was transgressed, God is right away saying, my plan is to restore and redeem and fix this because my goal is to end up the way that it was in this this perfect covenant relationship with creation. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, you always see see mercy and grace present in every covenant. Um, yeah, like yeah. you said, even from Genesis 3, God could have left us there or mm-hmm. just annihilated uh, us and, and said, forget it or I'll start over. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of starting over, right. that, that transitions <laughs> well to the next covenant, which is... Which was the covenant with Noah. Yeah, so Noah and the flood, you know, when we think of the, the reasons for the flood, it was just the outworking of that curse, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so God wiped out everything on earth. So he cleansed the whole creation, but he saved this one family. And so saved a people. Saved saved a people, yep. saved a, a man. And so this this theme really emerges in that that Noah is like the new Adam, right? And yep. so like God promised to Eve through one of your offspring, I'm going to uh, make all of this right again, and we see it with Noah, and it's like, oh, this is it, right? And so when Noah comes out of the flood, God makes a covenant with Noah, and the big R word for that one is restraint, Okay, right? So one, God is saying, I'm not going to flood the earth again the way that I did. That's yeah. that's one promise. Another aspect of that covenant and the condition of that covenant was uh, was capital punishment, right? So if anybody sheds the, the blood of man, by mm. man will his blood be shed, right? Yeah. So there's this restraint on the evil that came yeah. out of the flood, that kind of came with that that covenant. kind of the foundation for government and law exactly and, and yeah common right law, yeah. right so um so the, you know you can kind of see the emergence of the law even in that kind mm-hmm. of the law written on the yeah. human heart that the first use of the law that curbs wickedness so pause here real quick we're we're in our second covenant now uh, and we're still early in genesis um did the first covenant go away 
when the second covenant arrives, or what what is the what is the continuity between covenants, and why why more than one covenant? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So the the covenant with creation was transgressed, right? And so the consequences that extended to the whole creation came because it wasn't just Adam that was mm-hmm. cursed; it was the whole world that was cursed. Um, and and so we are now in the effects of that transgressed covenant, okay. right? But I think God's plan, like he is with all of these covenants, is to fulfill and restore and, and rebuild them. So every one of these covenants is kind of building on the last one okay. in, in some way, and there's and they have different relationships to each yeah. other, right? So, yeah. um, But I think you see in the covenant with Noah this really important step of God saying, okay, the way that things were in Genesis 1, I'm going to do that again, right? So I'm going to, when Noah comes out of the ark, he tells him the same things that he told to Adam, right? Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, spread. And there's even an aspect of ruling in that, like we were saying with with the government. So yeah. there's this plan of things getting better, but then we also know that Noah was not a better Adam. He nope. was just like Adam, but yep. he also sinned. You know, that's, that's right on the tails of that. So we're still waiting for that right offspring to come out of that. But we do see, okay... Here's this theme of God's judgment and saving someone through judgment, this remnant of people that he's going to use to fix everything that got broken. Excellent. All right, back on the railroad checks now. Uh, do we mention the sign of this covenant? Because then that's a big that's a big deal with, with, all, with all the covenants. Yeah, that's much. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah coming, coming out of that one, that the sign very clearly with this covenant is the rainbow yeah. in the sky, um, which I think is rightly have, people have been saying, like it says God doesn't call it a rainbow. He calls it my bow, like mm. my bow and arrow. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I think, how we should interpret that, that God took his war bow and he hung it up so he's not going to use it anymore. He's wow. not, not going to pour out his wrath on mankind that way again. And look at which way the rainbow is pointing. Which way is the bow yeah. and arrow pointing? pointing even yeah. even in that, God is God is saying, I'm going to bear the consequences of wow. your transgression there. Yeah, wow, that's fantastic. And so that moves us to the next covenant. This is a big one. Yeah, probably <laughs> the big one, especially this is in big Galatians. One. This, uh, one, this one, the shorthand in Galatians yeah, so, is the promise. That's right. So yeah. which, which one is this one? The promise to Abraham. So think about what happened between the flood and Abraham. Um Noah was not the new Adam. Nope. They did spread and, f- and fill the earth again, and they just brought more evil with more them. More wickedness. Yeah. Um, you get the Tower of Babel narrative where the division of, between the nations happens, mm-hmm. and, and so there's this strife. And then in Genesis 12, God appears to one man, and he makes a covenant with him, with Abram. And, and mm. the promise to Abram was, uh, I'm going to make your name great, and I'm going to bless you and make you into a great nation, and through you... All of the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. So all those nations that came out of the Noah and the Ark, Abraham, this one person in this one nation that comes out of him, the one offspring, he uses that word, going back to Genesis 3, uh, that one nation that emerges from Abraham is going to be the one that blesses the whole world. Yeah, yeah which was which was something for Abram to hear because yeah. he had no children. Yeah, and his wife was way past the age of having children. Right. So, and so that makes it all the more that Abraham received that promise by mm-hmm. faith, that he believed that, that was going to yeah. happen despite all yeah. appearances. Um, and that this was a kind of covenant that God was going to keep. Yep, that's right. That's and, right. And like Ryan mentioned in his sermon, God even put 
Abraham asleep. Yeah, that's what Abraham brought to, to he, this bargain. He took yeah, a nap. That's and, right. And then God said, okay, I'm making basically making a covenant mm-hmm. with myself. Yeah, he was the one. So they cut the animals in half for that covenant. Abraham cut the animals in half, and then he fell asleep, and God passed through it, taking that. So he was saying, Abraham, if you transgress the covenant, I'll, I'll take punishment. the punishment for that. Mm. Um, and, and that's what it was. And so really the promise is in that there's kind of three um, there, there's the, the promise that he would be a blessing to all the nations. Mm-hmm. There's the promise of the offspring, right? Which Paul says is the offspring, the Jesus. Singular, yeah. And then he also promises to Abraham a land, yeah. right? And so a, a promised land that, that would be for the reader of Genesis signaling, oh, a new Garden of Eden. Yeah. Okay, so this is the start of that. God's plan with the Garden Restoring of Eden creation. Was, was this yeah. perfect creation and God saying, you can't get the whole world yet, but I'm going to give you this little strip of land, and that's going to be your new Garden of Eden. And we're all bound for the promised land. We are if bound. we're in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite song. I know. Um, and so there's conditions. There was a ceremony. Um, and then like the rainbow in the Noahic covenant, we have the sign of circumcision, yeah, circumcision. now mm-hmm. in in the Abrahamic covenant. Which that's really cool. You know, we, we haven't gotten into like what circumcision means and all of that but but it's actually pretty cool like you know so remember that the Jews were coming out of Egypt in Egypt uh, they they lots of people practice circumcision this wasn't unique to the Jews in Egypt it was the priests that were circumcised hmm. and so God saying all of you are going to be circumcised you're a kingdom of priests of priests but then also the the promise that God made to Abraham was of the promise of children and children come through yep the area that is circumcised. Yep. And so it's a reminder of this is the promise of physical offspring that's that's going to come through. So it's actually got, and then it's uh, the removal of flesh, you know, yeah. so that's got these, you know, overtones that are going to really come out in the new covenant. So there's a lot there. But, you know, our, our, our word, the big idea for the covenant with Abraham is restoration. So you see, okay, God is hinting at it with Noah, but with Abraham, okay, this is, the beginning of this plan that I'm yeah. going to redeem and restore and make everything right yeah. again. A rebuilding. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. All right. So now we're into the Abrahamic covenant um, and then move into the fourth, which, uh, yeah, a lot of overlap here, but um, God's people continue to fail uh, to keep the covenant. So so what happens next? Yeah. So well, Abraham has the offspring or he has an offspring, Isaac, and then he has Israel. Um, and then Israel becomes... A great nation. He goes to Egypt with his twelve sons, and then they come out. This uh, this massive nation of people, uh, and th- it's interesting to think. So the covenant that God makes with Israel, which is the covenant at Sinai, um, which we call the Mosaic covenant, but it wasn't really a covenant with Moses. It was a covenant through Moses, yeah, to this whole nation that yeah, God he promised was to like Abraham. The mediator of yeah, the covenant. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He was the mediator of that covenant. Um, yeah, God made this promise with with the whole nation of Israel, yeah. that he was going to be in a, a relationship with him. I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And But this was the the covenant where God gave the law, gave mm. the Torah. So the big R word is that when this one is revelation, it's the revelation of God's yeah. law, uh, which... Could was, be regulation too. It could be, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, And and so that's where we're, we get into in the sermon um, that the revelation of God's law was not enough to help them to keep God's law, right? Yeah. Just because they knew it didn't give them the power to keep it. Yeah. They were still in Adam, yeah. so they were still fallen. And so it's in this way that Paul and says— And even Moses knew they 
they needed new hearts. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So, you know, that's that's what Paul is saying is really God just imprisoned everything under the law, that this was not freedom. This was a, an even bigger reminder that you're not able to keep the law yourself. All right, well, what about the sign for this particular covenant with Israel? Yeah, this is interesting. Um, so the covenant with Israel, even in itself, it has a lot of ceremonies. It has a lot of regulations. It's got a lot, you know, there's a lot of external stuff that you can look to that's reminding the people that they're in a covenant with God, right? Yeah. See the book of Leviticus. That's right. All the food they eat, the weird clothes that they wear, you know, the the different things that they have to do. But actually what explicitly is called the sign of this covenant is the Sabbath. So keeping the Sabbath day is yep. the, the sign of the covenant with Israel. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, so, and we know how well this covenant went uh, throughout the nation of Israel. Um, they did a great job of always keeping this covenant. Um, but we still we still have a couple more covenants uh, needed. That's right. right. Yeah. So we have we have another guy who's a big deal mm-hmm. in the Old Testament show mm-hmm. up, and there's an, uh, our fifth covenant yeah. with David. Yeah, the covenant with David um, in Second Samuel chapter seven, which also there the word covenant isn't used, um, but it's very clearly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And there, actually, if you read through that, if you read like Genesis 12 and 15 and 17, where the promises to Abraham are kind of laid out, and then you read the covenant with David, you're going to see the same wording and the same themes coming up. Promises. Yeah. Promises, Blessings. promises of a people, of a land, of an offspring, you know, so really what, uh, kind of like what I was saying, if you can look at all of the people of God as like one person that has this lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, you can look at the king of the people of God as the one person that represents all the people. So the king is the people in a way. He's the champion and the the representative, the head of the people, the same way that Adam was supposed to be the head okay. of all of the people. So really what God is saying with his covenant with David is, everything that I promised to Abraham, I'm going to fulfill through you and through your offspring. Because awesome. that's the promise to David is that there's always going to be a king sitting on the throne of David. And that's what's kind of unique with the Davidic covenant is the the kingship. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the big R word with that is reign, Yeah. right? That the promise of a reign and an everlasting reign. And even through that reign, like if you read Psalm 72, uh, there's the the promise that the king is As long going, as the sun. Yeah, is going to be yeah. this forever king yeah. that blesses all the nations, that all the nations come and and bow down to you. So it's the same idea. Yeah. And so if anybody has been a Christian for very long or has been paying attention, um, we know that the promised one wasn't David. It wasn't Moses. It wasn't Abraham. It wasn't Noah. It wasn't Adam. No, it wasn't. So we needed needed somebody better than all of those men. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's what gets us to the... The last covenant, yeah. the new covenant, yeah, which, which is mentioned in the prophets before it comes into existence. That the prophets foresee the coming of the new covenant. So uh, Jeremiah thirty-one. So it's not that new. They <laughs> uh, they were uh, waiting for it to drop for a long yeah. time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Jeremiah speaks of, and this is in in relation. I mean, he explicitly says, God says, in that day, I'm going to make a covenant with, and he says he's going to make it with Israel and with Judah, but that clearly implies more than just Israel and Judah but based on how things play out. But I'm going to make yeah. a covenant with them. And he says, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers that they broke, which yeah. is referring to the covenant with uh, with Israel, but a new covenant. And the, the terms of that new covenant are 
they're going to keep my law because I'm going to write it on their heart, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, and Ezekiel brings this up too, that I'm going to give them a new heart so that they can actually obey the law. So yeah. this is, again, the theme in Galatians that we're all imprisoned under sin. And so none of us can obey God. And the law just comes to like highlight how imprisoned under sin we are. Mm-hmm. But the promises of the new covenant is you're going to come out from that imprisonment to sin and you're actually going to be able to to keep the law. Yeah, And so that's... That's the new covenant that Jesus inaugurates, right? Hebrews calls him the mediator, like Moses, of a Mm -hmm. better Better covenant, covenant. right? The new covenant. Um, And and that's it. So like you said, all of these covenants, you just see that Jesus fulfills every single promise in every single one of them, that he is the the focus of of all of this. You can hear Tim Keller now. He is the true and better Adam, Mm -hmm. Abraham, Noah. Well, Noah first, Uh Abraham, David. That's right. All, yeah, of, yeah. all of them, you know. So, I mean, and you really could. That would be a helpful exercise. Like Paul calls him the second Adam, right? He succeeded in every way that Adam failed. He obeyed God's commandments mm-hmm. where Adam was tempted not to. He is the better Noah because he saves, he's, he's like an ark that saves mm-hmm. us from the wrath he's of God. He's refuge, yeah. Yeah, he's, all of the promises to Abraham are fulfilled in Christ. So, the promise mm-hmm. of Blessing all the nations, mm-hmm. that's in Jesus. We, we go, see that in we Revelation go to all the 5. That's yeah. right. Um, the, promise, uh, the promise of the land, we're going to inherit the whole, the whole earth. The whole earth <laughs> in Christ, which Romans yeah. 4 says that's what Abraham was really looking forward to, is inheriting yeah. the whole world. Um, he is the offspring of Abraham, is what Paul calls him. Yeah, and in Matthew 1, we have the genealogy. That, that's right. That is He's the son of Abraham. Specific to point out Abraham and David. And David, that's yeah, right. Or if you read the, yeah. you know, and then to think of Israel, you read the Gospels, and the Gospel writers are at great lengths to try and portray Jesus as Israel, right? So mm-hmm. Matthew, out of Egypt, I called my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, John 15, I am the true vine, which was a symbol for Israel. The temptation yeah. narratives, that's yeah. that's parallel to the wandering in the wilderness. That's and right. Jesus succeeded everywhere that Israel failed. He's he was the, the true and better Israelite. Yeah, he's one faithful Israelite. And he fulfilled all of the Mosaic Covenant. So everything, the the sacrifices, the temple, Mm -hmm. the priesthood, that was all a shadow that just pointed to Jesus. And even in Matthew 4, in the temptation, Jesus overcomes Satan Mm -hmm. in temptation, unlike Adam did. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so, so, I mean, you just read the New Testament through this lens, and you see they're everywhere they're trying to scream at you, Jesus fulfilled all of this. So you could say and, that none of the New Testament authors are trying to unhitch the Old Testament. That's right. No. From it's, Jesus and the New Testament. It is so hitched. It's hitched all it's, over the place. <laughs> um, yeah. And and it's David, one story. And, you know, he's the Christ. He is he is that representative of yeah. all of the people. So that's where Paul's getting at in Galatians that the anointed we are in Christ. So if all mm. of these things are true of Jesus and Jesus inherits as the faithful Israelite, as the son of Abraham, as the son of David, if he inherits these things and we are united to him, we're in him, then they're all ours too. Yeah. And the way that we are in Christ is he inaugurated the new covenant in his blood. So he died so that this covenant meal could be eaten by faith. So let's talk about the signs of the new covenant. That's, yeah, which are baptism and the Lord's Supper. That's right. Yeah, which are never explicitly called that, so some yeah. people would say, but I think yeah. I think it's obvious yeah. that that's what it is. Just yeah. like there's so many parallels between circumcision and baptism, mm-hmm. and then this idea of sitting down and eating a meal, that, yeah, the new covenant community is one of yeah. rebirth, regeneration, and then we, and that's the R word, if we didn't say that, the, the R word of the new covenant is yeah. regeneration, and and then we... We celebrate these signs that don't make it. They don't save us. They just remind us. We of, celebrate it. Of 
what's yeah. true in Jesus. Like a wedding. That's right. Bible begins and ends with a wedding. Yeah. And, and, and all meal. throughout. And, and a meal. And all throughout is a covenant. That's right. Of God keeping a covenant mm-hmm. with his people, for his people. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. his glory. And you know, there's so there's six, right? And, and we are in the new covenant, but um, I don't know if you could maybe say a seventh is... The new, creation. The, the new creation, the restoration of all things that were, you know, the the new heavens and the new earth, the new Adam, all of those things, uh, that that covenant is perfectly restored. When and, all of the covenant promises are fully consummated. Because yeah, they're, they're yeah. true already in part in Christ. Mm-hmm. They're already objectively ours, but they will be f- consummated or, or finalized yeah. in that day. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, we're getting at it here, but what are some other ways that this, this is for every believer, that this study of the covenants isn't just for seminary students or, or pastors, but how does it help us understand our Bibles better and 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 really appreciate um, appreciate what God has done through the plan of redemption for yeah. us? Yeah, well, that, you know, this really helps when you're reading the Old Testament because that can be it can just be confusing. Okay, how does this apply it's to big, me? Big, yeah, it's big it's, landscape. There's, there's a lot, and so that's just kind of a good question to ask: Is okay, I'm jumping into this book in the Old Testament. Where am I covenantally? Mm. Where am I in this story? What covenants? Because they do kind of overlap. What vertebrae? Yeah. Are we right. at? Yeah. Right. So, you know, this passage, what covenant is really going to be the most important to helping me interpret what's happening here? And then you just do what we just did. How does that covenant connect to Trace Jesus? Trace your way. Yeah. yeah. So that just helps us see, again, the whole Bible is about Jesus. The yeah. whole Old Testament, you know. Uh, Paul told Timothy to to preach the scriptures. And that meant the Old Testament, All you know, and, and to preach the gospel out of that. So yeah. it's all about Jesus. Something fun we do with my family is when I read a psalm with my kids in our family Bible time, um, I'll ask them to to find Jesus in the psalm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of biblical theology, but also um, the covenant that we're in would be the Davidic covenant. And and I use that to help my kids get to Jesus. Right. Because I'm like, okay, when we see language like king mm-hmm. and anointed and promise and throne mm-hmm. and all this stuff. It's like those are those are big like trigger words yep. for us to for us to know that that this wasn't talking about David's lowercase t throne or lowercase a anointed. Yeah, but gets us to Jesus. Um, so it's a it's a good exercise for us. Yeah, even in our family time. Yeah, and I think it keeps us from sort of truncating our our few of the story of scripture, you know, sometimes we can overly focus on certain details in the Old Testament and not kind of see, like you're saying, like this isn't about the little T throne, ultimately, it's about the big T throne. Yeah. And so to not kind of lose the the forest for the trees, mm-hmm. um, we can we can always keep on bringing it back to Jesus. Yeah, that's great. Well, what about some resources if people want to do a deeper dive and really, because I mean, you can go... Oh yeah, you can go is, so yeah. There's, so deep. There's a it's a deep well. Each one of these covenants, mm-hmm. uh, um, there's been much ink spilled. Oh yeah, over all of these. Yep. So so where would you point people to first? Yeah, well, if somebody wanted to just just get their toes a little bit more wet, um, Tom Schreiner wrote a really good book in the short studies in biblical theology. It's just called Covenant: Covenant and God's Purpose for the World, um, and it's like. A hundred pages. So awesome. He goes through all six of them. That's I, my kind of my yeah, kind of book. Really yeah. helpful. And Doctor Schreiner is just so good at making everything really clear Very and simple. Clear. Yeah. So that's really good. Um, another one that I think is helpful. This is a bit deeper. But if somebody's reading this or listening to this, and they're kind of like, okay, but what about this specific thing? You know. So how how does that land stuff work? Or how does this mm. relate to uh, you know 
the Sabbath and things like yep. that. So there's, there's a book called Progressive Covenantalism that was edited by Steve Wellam and Brent Parker. And so this is a little more academic, but it takes each of those kind of individual questions that you may have. So it's written by a bunch of different people, but um, that's a good kind of go a little deeper than that. That's mid, <laughs> mid-grade. That's right. And if you just want to do it, you want to go... You want to go premium. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, without commercials. <laughs> the the opus on this is a book called Kingdom Through Covenant by Peter Gentry and Steve Wallen. So it's like yeah. 5 billion pages long. Yeah. But... They, Weighs 30 pounds. Yeah. I mean, it is... Yeah. yeah. This is a good... This it's, is a good doorstop. It's right a third here. grader. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let's look. About 800 pages of just goodness i mean yeah. it is it is it is meaty yeah but it really is i mean it's uh it was kind of a game changer honestly is if there was any question about is this yeah. the right way to orient our our way through the bible i think i think they got it right yeah another resource if you're if you're more of an um uh audible learner uh was the claris when we had trent and steve wellam yeah and their book, Christ from Beginning to End. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those Claris talks are on the DSC app. You can go on the website and and hear them talk about um, each each one of these covenants and and how basically how we get to Christ from from each one of these covenants. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I'd recommend that to you if you're if you're which if you'd rather listen to something than yeah, read something. Or um, also the the first lecture in the Who Do You Say That I Am. Saturday seminar that we did, the Christology seminar. Yeah, that we did. Caleb. Caleb Bachelor walked through the covenants and how it relates job. to our, our Christology. So that would be another place that you there could you go. go. So obviously this is very important because lots of people are writing and talking about it. Yeah, yeah, it's time. a big deal. And uh, the Bible's a big book, but this, I think this helps make it a little smaller. Mm-hmm. And when you really start to grasp all of these, these covenants and how they go together and how just brilliantly the Bible is put together. Yeah. Almost as if there was one author it, that it, just plan the whole thing. Yeah, it really starts to seem that way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Thanks, Chase. Uh, thank you guys for spending time with us today. That's all we'll uh, do for now, but uh, Lord willing, we'll have another episode out for you soon. Um, and you can contact us with any questions, email info at dscabq.com. But that's all for now. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. What is a covenant? Why is a covenant? Oh, are we working on this room? Who is a covenant? How is a covenant? Oh, I didn't know this part did. Wow. All right. All right. Ready? Yeah, I'll set it up. And, and you I just, just thought we could like kind of. You just talk about covenants. Well, we could just kind of spitball as we go through. And I'll I'll, ask, I'll ask you questions as they as they pop into my little brain. <laughs>